Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at IX Web Hosting. Click the banner on the right left chronicles.com to get up to 40% off your first year of the best hosting on the planet. Today's episode of Dueling Dialogue is brought to you by Saucy Eva. Gma's marinade is coming soon to a plate near you to gourmetize your meats and proteins. Coming to you from that once forgotten artery that pulses through the center of the continental United States and into the heart of the Ozarks, Grace Matthews. Looking in from the northern border, our Canadian friend, along with his countrymen feeling the effects of U.S. political issues, Connor Murphy. Welcome to Dueling Dialogues, episode 33. I'm Connor Murphy here with Grace Matthews. Hi, Grace. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. How are you, Connor? I'm doing okay. Yeah. There's lots of news to talk about. Oh, my gosh. We have another tragedy. I know. You know I was thinking this morning when they did the whole moment of silence on the stock exchange floor before the opening, I thought, how many times have we done that yeah. in the past two months? It is I mean, sad. all the hurricanes, the shooting in Vegas. And now we have a terror attack in New York City. I know. Horrible. I, 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 it is ho- very horrible and uh, very symbolic. It was right before their giant Halloween parade. Right. Um, I'm calling it the Halloween Massacre because it is just so horrific. It is in an area near the um, Freedom Tower right. where the events of 911 took place. Not far from Wall Street, and very close is just a lookout that I always go to when I'm in New York, so I can see the Statue of Liberty ah. and and take pictures. So, to me, it's very symbolic. Now, in New York, in this particular area, there are two lanes of traffic, and the middle of the two lanes of traffic is a rather wide lane for bicycles, and runners use it. Walkers use it. I don't think walkers are really supposed to use it, but bicyclists use it. This terrace rented a truck and drove down the designated bicycle lane. He killed eight people and injured 11 others. After he killed the people, these innocent people, he shouted, Allah Akbar. Right. Lovely. Yeah. Soon after... A sharpshooting cop shot him down. Strategically, he left the idiot alive and denied him his entry into heaven with 72 Vestal Virgins. And you know that made me really damn happy that that cop didn't shoot to kill this time. He left him alive. Yeah. Because truly they want to die because they're tripped to heaven and their family gets taken care of. Right. It just makes me ill. It it really, really makes me ill. We've seen this in the UK. We've seen this even in Canada. Edmonton, Alberta had a very similar attack a a few months ago. Exactly. And how can we stop people that use vehicles? I mean, that's next to impossible. I mean, they can barricade this bike lane, but truthfully, we can take some precautions, but we're not going to take people's cars away. Right. Well, what's next? A congressional hearing on rental vehicles? I mean, exactly. we you got know the, the Russia ads thing going on, which we'll talk about tomorrow. Yes. But, you know, 
you mentioned that, and when they gave the briefing on these events, right, the spokesperson for the police department in New York City said that this was textbook. This terrorist had totally mimicked the behaviors of other situations that you're talking about around the world, but also the plan that was laid out on a website. Well, the police department, of course, monitors these websites also and had went three different times to rental car places, particularly ones that rent trucks like U-Haul and this one was from Home Depot and discussed with them the importance of letting the police know when someone rents it that doesn't seem right. Now, what criteria did they use for doesn't seem right? Um, I'm pretty sure they tried to stay away from profiling yeah. because that is a huge deal in New York City. Did he, showed, did he show Allah Akbar at the desk when he was yeah. renting it? Well, and I started thinking, do you know what kind of turnover they have at places like that? Yeah. I mean, you would have to go out there once a month to make sure that whoever's working the desk actually knows what the heck you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. So how efficient is that? It's not. I mean, you it's... Know, and, and plus, they're like everybody else. You're afraid to profile. Right. So you don't get crucified on social media for profiling somebody. Exactly. You know, those killers in California, the San Bernardino, people believed that there was a problem. And every one of them claimed they did not turn them in because they did not want to be perceived as racist. Right. So it is a very, very difficult situation. This particular terrorist had been in the New York City area with his wife and two or three children, I've heard both accounts, for only three months. He had been living in Tampa. Now, did he come to New York to particularly pull off a terrorist event? I, I mean, who knows? We we don't know. Uh, but he was only 29 years old. I guess he is only 29 years old. You know, I'm so used to them being killed. Yeah. <laughs> I keep talking about him yeah. in the past. Yeah. He is alive. Pardon me. But one thing that is raising a lot of hoopla is that he was here in the United States on a diversity visa. He was allowed to enter in 2010 after he won the lottery, <laughs> the green card lottery. And that's exactly what it is. Wow. He was given a permanent green card in 2010. This was a law that was put into place. I, I, I've heard a, a couple of different things, like Chuck Schumer was the one that introduced the bill. And that George W. Bush is the one that ultimately signed the bill. It was designed to be more fair to countries that we don't get a lot of immigrants from. He was from Uzbekistan. So apparently Uzbekistan mm -hmm. is someplace that we generally have not received a lot of um, immigrants. immigrants from. Yeah. Still, that's it's just a bizarre program. It is a bizarre program, and this diversity program has long been a sore subject with President Trump, and he has often pointed out that the lottery gives one person a green card, and that's bad enough. But then they can 
bring unlimited family members. Right. Not only that, they can they can have a chain migration where they can sponsor people from their country. So when you let one in on a lottery green card, you're letting in their aunts, their uncles, their children, you know, and obviously their children and a spouse, but parents, cousins. I mean, you'd be surprised how wide it is. And then they can sponsor other people that they might not be related to. Right. So huh. one lottery green card can mean literally a thousand other people. Right. Because once they get here, they can do the same. And pretty soon you've got an ISIS uh, little group going on. Very and they quickly. tend to come here and gather in a particular area. Now, one thing that is terribly bothersome is that they don't have to have a skill. They only have to have graduated from high school and worked a job for two years. I think this particular man had not had an easy time holding down a job. Now, he was a truck driver for a while and an Uber driver, but it sounds like working was kind of a off and on kind of uh, experience. <laughs> Trump has, has suggested that people that come to the United States should strengthen the United States. Yeah, and I get in, that. In some way. And I, I get that too. I think that is totally important. My son and I have discussed this a lot in, in relation to a couple of people we know that really have a lot to contribute. But sometimes getting them a green card or a visa is very difficult because the system is so bogged down with potential people that either have nothing to offer or are terrorists. Right. And that is something we need to halt. Now, something else I must bring up is the news conferences. You know, the vote for mayor in New York City will come up next Tuesday. Bill de Blasio is, of course, on the ballot and is expected to win. Now, politicians and many others are just absolutely horrified by another term with Bill de Blasio. Nevertheless, him and Andrew Cuomo, the governor, are very progressive left-wing politicians. Okay. They claimed this morning that the last thing they wanted to see or hear was anybody that politicized this terror attack. And, of course, what was the next thing they did? <laughs> they politicized it. But Andrew Cuomo brought up something that I thought was so ridiculous that I can't help it. I got I got I got to tell. He said that it was not the terrorist's intention to kill anyone. Okay. I kid you not. It was to disrupt our lives and bring chaos. And so how we fight back is to just go on about our business. You know, for example, they went ahead and had the Halloween parade last night in New York City. And I, I agree with that part. But to say this guy did not want to kill anybody is BS. Yeah, no or kidding. And he didn't want to hurt anyone. And de Blasio is standing behind Cuomo, shaking his head yes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable is right. It's so ridiculous. It is. That's like you saying know? he's a suspect. And if that's not politicizing, <laughs> then what is politicizing? Right. Yeah. So, 
um, you know, bless everyone that experienced any part of this tragedy because actually witnessing it will never go away for those that did. Six of the dead were from other countries. Wow. Um, they were tourists. You know, that's that's just kind of a strange component to this tragedy. Um, two of them are Americans. They have, um, I believe, they have or are going to release the names soon. The 11 injured are expected to live. Uh, the terrorist himself is expected to live. Um, he well, is in the hospital. Yeah, until he goes to court and gets his yeah, yeah sentence. Yeah, exactly. But I, I, I do hope that they can get lots of intelligence out of him. Um, hopefully he doesn't lawyer up too quickly. But, or you lack know, of intelligence. Will. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's true. But we do have some other news. Okay. The whole Russian thing still lingers, you know, the Russian collusion. And oh, yes. now it lingers on both sides of the aisle, Republican and Democrat. We talked about that the other day. Right. Now, a really interesting thing happened. Now, Tucker Carlson's show Friday night, actually Thursday and Friday night, he discussed the Podestas okay. and how Paul Manafort had worked for Tony Podesta's lobbying group from Chicago. Okay? okay. Yeah. Sometime between Tucker Carlson's show on Friday night and his show on Monday night, he received a cease and desist order or a threat. This is kind of weird. A threat of a potential cease and desist order <laughs> from Tony Podesta or Tony Podesta's attorneys. This was a complaint that Tucker Carlson was defaming him or defaming the company, perhaps even defaming John Podesta. Anyway, at the same time, I think he forgot to tell the attorney not to send it, okay? That's right. what is really unique about this story to me. At the same time, he stepped down from the company, bearing his family name, as Mueller and the special counsel investigation is closing in on him. <laughs> so how could Tucker have been defaming him? I mean, that's kind of an admission of guilt or truth. Yeah, no doubt. So wow. um, he stepped down. And another interesting part of that is, though, reportedly this is a tactic often used by the Podesta brothers in the past to send the threat of a cease and desist order to a media uh, conglomeration that might be, you know, talking about them in some way that um, isn't beneficial to their cause. Wow. Unreal. Yeah. Great. Isn't it wonderful to be a journalist? Apparently, you know, it it can get you in a lot of trouble or the threat of trouble all the time. I mean, somebody's always wanting to get you. Yeah, yeah, it's not very popular uh, these days, is it? Uh, well, yeah, and you, you kind of got to learn to not pay attention to some of it, but some of it you need to pay attention. It's very hard. It's, well, it, it's like right, walking a tightrope. Right now, there is so much in the news and so much happening and people coming out of left, right, and center 
to all of a sudden put their two cents in it. it it's almost like it's a smoke and mirror show. Like, oh, look over here. Look at the shiny object over here to, to turn everybody away from what? Maybe the Uranium One deal, possibly? Oh, exactly. But have you ever, do you ever remember the news being so personal? No. About so many people personally. I mean, you can talk about Watergate, but there was like five players that it was really personal about. Now, I mean, this is just like phenomenal. Yeah, this is... People that are in personally so deep that they're drowning. Yeah, and they're taking shots and and lashing out everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. Well... It's an um, exciting time. It is a very exciting time. Um, Newsweek claims that according to Rand Paul and Chris Christie, who both of them are pretty close to Trump... Trump's run in 2020 is not set in stone. The president may not seek re-election, and that's supposing they won't get him impeached. Right. They'll sure try. That's, I tend to probably agree with them. I don't know if I would go through that for a second term. Right. And, and like I said, that's presuming, you know, he would run, right? you know, that he's potentially still there. Um, not that I think he's guilty of anything. I just think that this is just nuts the way they're going after him. Yeah. It just doesn't stop. And uh, But one entity that may, you know, kind of have to cease going after Trump in the United States is Kim Jong-un. The North Korean nuke test site has collapsed. There are 100 people trapped below ground. Oh, no. And 200 dead and... The death toll is rising, and sometimes what we know about um, things that come out of North Korea is if they say 200, there might be 400. Or 2,000. Yeah, it's just so nuts. that's horrible. It's horrible for the people. Um, They said that his tests have caused so many um, earthquakes that the ground just caved in on itself. So that may at least set him back, um, his nuclear you know, expansions. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Sure, it just collapsed or did it blow up? You know, they're calling it collapsed. Right, collapsed but after it I blew wondered, up. I was thinking about that. For the, so many people dead. you got to wonder if some nuclear energy might have been released. I mean, yeah. that was my, my first thought was, did it explode or did it collapse? Or I guess it could do both. Yeah, it could I implode. Mean, exactly. So we don't know. That's horrible he, that some yeah, uh, just, basically innocent people have died because of him. Oh yeah, and his people—they're—they're they're just so oblivious to. Well, they don't know any better. What real? No, they don't. No, and it, that just makes me terribly sad. Yes. Okay, the most popular senator is none other than Bernie Sanders. Not surprising. Yeah, not surprising at all. But actually, the approval rating at 71% is probably one of the highest ever for a senator. Wow. Incredible. Yeah, amazing. Those at the bottom of the list are Jeff Flake of Arizona and the infamous John McCain of Arizona, the Robert Menendez of New Jersey, who's on trial right now for accepting money from a donor or something like that, among other things. Orrin Hatch of Utah, that surprised me, but the worst of all, 
is Mitch McConnell of Kentucky. Wow. Mitch McConnell. Yep. Bringing up the hind end. Oh, yeah. Bringing up the hind end is is exactly right. Interesting. Yep. 71%, though. That's that's a, a crazy that approval is, oh, rating. It's phenomenal. We don't agree on 71% of anything. No. that's I, I don't think I've ever seen an approval rating that high. The color of grass does not get approval rating that high. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just, it is crazy. Yeah. But here is one that has me very concerned. Just because when I hear things that are off the wall, it, it, it concerns me. Harvey Weinstein's original Aster, Rose McGowan, was arrested on drugs charges. Stemming from an article of clothing she left on a plane back in January. <laughs> that supposedly tested positive for drug residue. Now, a dollar bill has a lot of drug residue. I was just going to say the same thing. Not that I know this personally, but I've read this before. <laughs> you know what, though? Did you realize they could arrest anybody for Anything. drug residue on a, on, a, on a piece of clothing that was no longer in their possession? Or just a, a dollar bill. If That's she, just wrong. If she, yeah, if she had money in a jacket and they're right. getting residue on the jacket, it probably came for money. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you could arrest my mother for that. Other than costing her a lot of money for a lawyer, I I don't think they have much of a case there, being that it's such I don't a either. residue. But what law enforcement mm. would do this to her? One that is I being mean, paid off by Weinstein. This sounds very dirty to me. Oh, definitely. This uh, this raises a false flag for me. I mean, uh, she's been the one that that basically spearheaded this whole thing to on Weinstein, and she sure it, has. it yeah. sure looks funny that they're making her pay with something as petty as this. And I know she's been vocal lately, so they're just trying to get her to shut up. But obviously, to me, it's a setup. It it's written all over it. Yeah, it's 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 scary to me that they would do that, and um, and even knowing that it would get so much press to still do it. Yeah, just to discredit her name. Just yeah, it's just amazing. Um, the hmm. Washington Post calls this Saturday, November fourth, the Antifa apocalypse. Now we have already done an episode on the. Threats of November 4th. Right. I would invite our listeners to please listen to episode 23 if you haven't already and be very vigilant this coming weekend. I know that um, even a synagogue put off an art festival this weekend. No. Because of Antifa threats towards Mm -hmm. um, Jewish people. So um, please take heed to your own due diligence. And I do not believe, according to what we found out, this is going to be really targeted at large cities. It's going to be smaller cities that they could become stronger than the police force. Right. So think about that. The One of the their goals was to take weapons from whomever they think has them whether that be law enforcement or people that collect guns. Jeez, that's so just scary. please be aware. It's very scary and how out of control this will get. The Washington Post is a very left-leaning 
publication and for them to call this the Antifa apocalypse is is huge, very huge and concerning. You know, I don't see so, this movement any less dangerous than, you know, some of the white supremacist right wing stuff. This is far left. This is same as far right. They're both should not be doing this at all. This is just horrible. That's that's right. You know, uh, a writer a couple of weeks ago that normally writes for the New York Post wrote an article for one of the Jewish publications, and she laid out a strong case for the fact that left-wing organizations have become much more anti-Semitic than right-wing extremists, neo-Nazis, and nationalists had actually injured more Jews than the far right neo-Nazis. Now she was not endorsing far right groups. Do not neither yeah. would we. She just it's all wrong. drawing attention to it. Yeah. Exactly. That um these left wing extremists are just as anti Semitic, if not more, than the the far right. And we talk about that a lot, you know, Connor. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, talk about, you know, Far left, far right. When you go too far, it's too far. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That we have to talk and find some sort of balance somewhere close to the middle. Uh, Middle ground, yes. And the sexual harassment thing just keeps widening. Oh, Um, lovely. Yeah. Uh, Dartmouth University just placed three psychology professors on leave pending sexual harassment investigation now to have them in the same department at the same school has my mind my imagination just going crazy but i have no idea what the particulars are so we will wait to hear we'll watch that because that just sounds like something bigger than yeah yeah you know there'll be more your average um professor hitting on a student this sounds like um, some sort of plot yeah. Or organized situation among these professors. So that's very scary. With a group um, of them, yes. Yeah. Speaking, yes. Yeah. Speaking of scary and psychiatric, I think our friends in the UK, Great Britain, have gone nuts this week. Oh? The UK wants to provide ISIS members with free housing. I guess it is their belief that this will curtail or abolish deep-seated extremist views and terrorism. <laughs> right, it will. <laughs> you know, if that's what it was about, I mean, everybody that thinks it is not, it is about the fact that they don't have a well-paying job or they're not educated. Many of these terrorists are very well-educated. Many, Several of them have PhDs. Yeah. It is not about money. It's like this this girl in our neighborhood. We have panhandlers very close, right? Right. And she said, if you come by my house, and she wrote this to everybody in the neighborhood, and get these little cards that explain where these people can get services and hand it to the panhandlers, they'll quit panhandling. <laughs> No, they won't. They average making forty-five thousand dollars a year cash-free, and they can still get their bennies. 
Yeah. Okay, it's not what it's about. Wow. Sleeper cells, have they ever heard the term? Well, really? my gosh, they should have because that's what's gotten them several times. Yeah. And they've had some really large terrorist attacks with, you know, some really huge casualty counts. Yeah. Yeah, every time the, the term sleeper cell has been brought up. So what kind of amnesia do they have? Or what have they been smoking? I don't know. Because this is a dream. If this would solve terrorism, <laughs> oh my God. You yeah, know, it, I, it's right. just even hard for it to come out of my mouth. But, you know, and, and I just had a couple of days ago, I just had um, a conversation with a Brit that was very left leaning and was complaining about Trump and complaining about how heartless he was and how heartless the right wing was. And that they would just never go for that in the UK. Well, let me tell you, I think they've taken the cake now because their insurance, their government ran insurance, socialized medicine, whatever you want to call it, has decided that there will be no surgery for people who are smokers or with a BMI of over 30. Huh. And they do have a program for which. You can quit smoking, and after eight months, you might get your surgery, and you can bring your BMI down to 25 or something, and you would get your surgery. However, had you began with a BMI of 28 or 29, you would have gotten your surgery. So, I mean, that's kind of nuts. But how judgmental. And, you know, it's like I was telling you, there's guys at the gym that work out and um, have a lot of muscle mass. The the way we measure BMI is is not very accurate. You could actually be denying people that you shouldn't be denying. Oh, for sure. I don't know. I don't like this. I don't like that kind of judgment. Who is going to like that? I mean, I have a hard time believing that they could even pass that in parliament. Okay, and so what so a heroin addict could get surgery? Yeah, basically, that's what you're saying. I mean, I think when you start judging, where do you stop? It won't. That's not exactly where I would have started, okay? I would have said pedophiles, no surgery. Yes, criminals, no surgery. Yeah, no surgery. I would have started someplace else to save a buck or two. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, so it takes a smoker or a heavy person longer to heal, okay? I just, I just think that that's very judgmental. Now, I'm, I'm not an expert on, on this, but are there people that have hormonal issues? I guess. And yeah, you know, I, mean, I, I mean, really, I, I just think that that's very judgmental. That's a dangerous place for any political party to go. Well, and it takes me back to Baby Charlie. Right. Basically, they decide on instead of the parents. When baby Charlie died, should baby Charlie died? I mean, that's just whatever anybody thinks. I mean, everybody has a different thought. He was going to die. I understand that. I don't know. I think government ran healthcare is a slippery, slippery slope. No, we, it seems to be working for us sort of here, but I guess there's no perfect medical care out there really. No. No, and we certainly haven't mastered the perfect one. (laughs) I'm not claiming that. And I agree with you there. I know, and I bet you will agree with us. 
Okay. We want to send a giant thank you to the Kristen Fernandez Daily for featuring us twice this week. Awesome. So we really, really appreciate that. And uh, I know we agree on that. Yes, we do agree. And we don't always agree, but life's a journey and we're all in this together. Remember, do not become a victim. Hashtag nobody's victim. Thanks for listening. Godspeed, Connor, and Godspeed to all of our friends out there. Godspeed, Grace, and thanks for listening, everybody. Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at IX Web Hosting. Click the banner on the rightleftchronicles.com to get up to 40% off your first year of the best hosting on the planet. Today's episode of Dueling Dialogue is brought to you by Saucy Eva. Gma's marinade is coming soon to a plate near you to gourmetize your meats and proteins.